Science Before the Good Thing by Peter Calvin. Diseases, conflicts, false prophets, famines, earthquakes, persecutions and wars, etc. are not the experiences we want to go through. Yet, just in the last century, our world has faced a lot of bad experiences, albeit good experiences as well. For many of us living in the present time, the coronavirus pandemic is one of the biggest challenges the world faces today. By now, its impact is felt everywhere on our planet, both on corporate and individual levels. We are astounded and perhaps more importantly, scared to see how people are suffering with COVID-19. No wonder many of us think COVID-19 is the big thing. The ground-shaking, world-altering, big thing. Of course, the Bible mentions happenings like the ones we are facing. But when God talks about these big things, his focus is not on highlighting the painful and ugly ones. What then is he focusing on when he talks about these unpleasant things? Let's look at what the Bible says in Mark 13, verse 3 to 13. As Jesus was sitting on the Mount of Olives, opposite the temple, Peter, James, John and Andrew asked him privately, Tell us, when will these things happen? And what will be the sign that they are all about to be fulfilled? Jesus said to them, Watch out, that no one deceives you. Many will come in my name, claiming, I am he, and will deceive many. When you hear of wars and rumors of wars, do not be alarmed. Such things must happen. But the end is still to come. Nation will rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom. There will be earthquakes in various places and famines. These are the beginning of birth pains. You must be on your guard. You will be handed over to the local councils and flocked in the synagogues. On account of me, you will stand before governors and kings as witnesses to them. And the gospel must first be preached to all nations. Whenever you are arrested and brought to trial, do not worry beforehand about what to say. Just say whatever is given you at the time. For it is not you speaking, but the Holy Spirit. Brother will betray brother to death and father his child. Children will rebel against their parents and have them put to death. Everyone will hate you because of me. But the one who stands firm to the end will be saved. Before we look at what Jesus' main focus is, let us examine an important piece of information that the passage provides us. Jesus knew that bad things would come in our life. Notice in verse 7 he says, these things must happen. The word must tells us that we cannot escape certain occurrences in life. Yes, they are unpleasant and ugly and painful, yet very much part of our life. God, the sovereign ruler of the universe, has allowed them to happen, though we may or may not know the reason in this lifetime. Since God's creation of the world, three events are largely significant in the history of mankind. First of all is the fall of humankind, wherein due to sin, 
humans lost their position in God's presence. God called this death. In Genesis 2 verse 16 and 17 it says, And the Lord God commanded the man, You are free to eat from any tree in the garden, but you must not eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, for when you eat from it, you will certainly die. The second event, through God's mercy, is man's restoration or new birth. God, through Jesus Christ, reconciled us to him. Jesus Christ came to take the punishment of our sin and restore the relationship between God and humanity. He did so by dying on the cross and rising up on the third day. Both these occurrences are the two of the most monumental events ever happened in history of mankind. Yet another big event is still to come. And this is Jesus' focus in the passage we read. That main event is the end of the sinful world we live in. This event is fundamentally connected with the second coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. According to the scripture passage we read, the unpleasant events are the signs of the end of the world. Their increasing frequency leads us to conclude that we are very much near the second coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. What should we do as we approach Jesus' second coming? Believers can participate in two actions. In verse 5, Jesus tells his disciples to watch out that no one deceives you. So, we need to take care lest someone or something mislead us. Anything that can take us away from God is the misleading thing. Secondly, we can be involved in sharing the gospel. Notice what Jesus is saying. And the gospel must first be preached to all nations. The proclamation of the gospel to all people is an absolute priority in God's plan of salvation. Therefore, Jesus emphasizes on it so that the end of the world takes place. The central truth of the gospel is that God has provided a way of salvation for man through the gift of his Son to the world. He suffered as a sacrifice for sin, overcame death, and now offers a share in his triumph to all who will accept it. The gospel is good news because it is a gift of God, not something that must be earned by penance or by self-improvement. As servants of the Lord Jesus Christ, it is one of our biggest duties to tell the world about his second coming. This time, he is coming to rule over the world as the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. His kingdom already exists among his people, but now when he comes, his kingdom will be seen by everyone. All the other kingdoms will cease to exist except for his everlasting kingdom. As I see more and more signs like COVID-19, I feel compelled to tell everyone, especially those who live around me, that Jesus Christ, the Redeemer of the sinner and everlasting King, is coming to rule the world. The only way to be part of his kingdom is to know him as the personal savior.
May the Lord help us remain watchful for his coming and at the same time tell many people that Jesus, the King of the universe, is coming to reign forever and ever. Thank you.